Hi, this is Pastor Chris, and we've got a slightly different episode of Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things uh, today. Recently, uh, Joyce and I talked with my child, Corinna, and the title of this episode is A Pastor and His Queer Child. And as we were talking with her about our experiences and about our story of how we adjusted to this whole thing, we just let the conversation flow. And it ran long. So we, we broke this episode up into two episodes. Today is part one. Next week, next Sunday, uh, we will upload part two. So uh, let's get into it right now and um, enjoy. This is a pastor and his queer child on coffee, bacon, and other sacred things. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited. For several different reasons, I am so excited. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. I am your host, Pastor Chris Gravison, and I have my lovely and wonderful co-host, Miss Joyce Adams, with me today. Hello, everyone. And two reasons why I'm so excited today. First of all is this amazing young person sitting to my left. You can speak if you want to, because you're Hi. Mike. You're yeah, Mike. well, I was waiting for you to introduce me. Oh, that's right. This is my child, Corinna mm-hmm. Gravison. Mm-hmm. 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 And they're awesome. I'm trying to use the right pronouns. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Doing my very best to use the right pronouns. Um, and uh, she... she She's joining. It's fine. Just she, use both. Are joining us um, for today, and and I'm. But the other reason, I am so excited, and you can hear the crinkle. <laughs> if you can hear the crinkle, well, that, mean, no. that means a lot to most people. And here, oh my god, <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm so excited. We have to disconnect that button when he's yeah. not looking. Yeah. When I for for Christmas, I got both of my girls a, a particular candy from. Uh, a, a particular we're, we're not going to give free plugs you know here the only free plug i'm going to give is black rifle coffee because i want them to sponsor us <laughs> but um uh the, for, you know online and i saw them i thought oh they'll love that they'll get such a kick of it and then they were absolutely corinna shared them with me and they are absolutely delicious they're this bright delicious fruity flavor they are gummy chicken feet <laughs> <laughs> they kind of love- taste like gummy worms they kind of do, but I don't know, a little better. I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I got my gummy chicken feet today. Well, I what is tried going any- on with the acoustics in this place today? That's- you keep moving away from the microphone. That's what happens. Do I, I haven't tried them yet, and you better get the kicking chicken when it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> I want me some chicken feet. Oh, it, yeah, they're really good. So, oh, I'm so excited about that. We're going to have those in a little bit. But I and and uh, this is kind of a this is this is an interview and, and a show that I've been looking forward to. Um, and it's as soon as we started talking about doing uh, coffee, bacon, and other um, sacred things, um, I wanted to do this particular show with Corinna. And uh, we're the the title. If you didn't check it, you know, before you just started playing, um, the title we're going to call this uh, a pastor and his queer child, and. Uh, we've been, you know, well, we're going to talk about it. I, I, what keeps going back in my mind is back when in the eighties, when they had the eighties sitcoms 
and they were going to do something dramatic. And what always, I always remember hearing, tonight, on a very special blossom. And, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out, that just shows how old he is. Yes. <laughs> and my child is extremely disrespectful, and I get to pick on them because of it. Yeah, and, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to talk about... Um, how Corinna came, uh, I've, I've never, we talked about it, never, you never actually told your mother and me your story and how you, you're queer and non-binary. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to a conference and she, she's okay with either they, the, them, or she, her. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we, we always tell her, you know, you've been she for 19 years. It's really hard for, we're trying to change. We're 17 or 18. It was just. To us, <laughs> a while before I told you guys. But we're gonna we're gonna get into that, and we're gonna go as long as it takes. We might br- have to break this into a couple of different um, mm-hmm. episodes if we need to, and and that's fine. But um, I think it's important. I think it's important for um, uh, Christian uh, members of the LGBTQ plus community uh, to know that they are loved um, by God and they are uh, are loved by the church. But also, I think, you know, and we've talked about this, um, I think there are a lot of pastors out there, and pastor's wives and pastor's spouses, because there's lots of female pastors, uh, that their, one or more of their children has come out to them, and they don't know how to deal with it. And I have to admit, for a while, we didn't. We're going to get into all that. Um, but, you know, God is still God, and He still loves us. And we're going to share our story uh, about that. So um, I'm glad we kind of talked about it yesterday and now, or the other day, and today, you know, you know what to expect a little bit. And I really hope we can still have fun mm-hmm. and, and, and laugh. And Joyce, I really hope you can get a word in edgewise. That's going to be a real challenge. <laughs> when the Gravesons when but, the get together. But know. I'm okay being quiet and listening. Maybe I might learn something. You never know. Never know. But uh, so, Corinna, share with us. Tell us what, as she yawns. <laughs> I was okay, trying just... to keep it away from the microphone. I appreciate that. Um, but see, you know, people have to know. No, okay, they don't even know. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And, and I will apologize right now. I've been struggling with this stupid cough for the last several weeks. And it right now it's to the point that it only seems to kick in when I'm going to be in front of a, of a microphone. That's true. And so uh, it it, I, it started. So I've got a, a, a cough drop in my mouth and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm going to mute my mic when I'm not talking. <laughs> so, but Corinna, yeah, tell us, you know, kind of how you came mm-hmm. about. How I came about and how I came out are two very different stories. Yes. Um, um, But I am your classic, went into quarantine, a straight cis woman and popped out of the other end, a queer non-binary person. It's seeing the change is kind of funny. Um, But I've pretty much not known because i denied it for a long time um so d- did you feel this before quarantine or oh yeah thought about it yeah i just realized it during quarantine mm-hmm. um but i think the first time i remember thinking about it and being 
asking like my friends about it was in eighth grade. Um, but I, I'm sorry. I have to think. Thinking is hard just, for me. She's scanning the files. Uh-huh. Is what she's doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. It's a constant battle. Um, but I like. I I was asking my friends about it, and I was thinking, I was like, mm, maybe I'm bisexual, and I was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> um, and then quarantine came around, and I just I told a couple of my friends throughout the years that I was straight, and they just kind of looked at me with a confused look, like, uh huh, okay. <laughs> and then here we are now, and every single person that I came out to that I spent <coughs> like that I've known for a long time just mm-hmm. met me with, yeah, I know. Um, well, I, I will say there was a piece of your mother and me both that kind of mm-hmm. something... You, you checked in with me every now and then to see if I was still straight in high school. Um, yeah. And you lied to us is what you did. No, I know. I was lying to myself, <laughs> hey, mister. Why would you check in with her to see if she was still straight? Because... Because I had gay she, friends. Yeah. The, oh. As soon as yeah. she went in to, to especially here, um, at, when we moved to California and she was going to high school here, she immediately connected with the LGBT crowd. And, you know, it just like, how do you do that? We, it was never in our mindset that our daughter was gay or queer or anything. Yeah. So. I, I am a very affectionate person in general. Like, I show my fr- my affection towards my friend. To, like, hang on, words. I show my affection to my friends physically. Like, I hold their hand, we hug, we cuddle, stuff like that. Um, I got mistaken for being gay a lot in, in high school. In old-fashioned terms, she wears her heart, heart on her sleeve. Uh-huh. Um, one time, I was holding hands with my one of with one of my trans friends. He's trans. Uh, he's a trans man, and I was holding hands with him. And I walk <coughs> into class, and my English teacher goes. I saw you and him holding hands. Are you, are you a lesbian? And I said, think about that sentence. <laughs> Come on, man. But um, I love that English teacher, but she knew, it was a little bit of an odd sentence. Yeah. But um, so during quarantine, I had gotten more onto the Twitter scene, which, yes, I do regret. Um, Stan Twitter is a dark place. Oh man. But if if social media is the toilet bowl of the internet, then Twitter is the cesspool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. I have no time for that. Yeah. yeah. But I I'm a huge K pop fan, so I was in a like a group chat full of a whole bunch of just K pop fans. Um just so we could talk about like K pop and stuff like that, because a lot of us didn't have friends like in real life to talk to because we always get made fun of for it still do. Um, but we were, we were talking, most of the people in the group chat were, were queer in some way. Um, and two of my friends in the group chat started dating, which is always a mistake within a friend group to start dating. And I always wondered, they were in different States though, weren't Mm -hmm. they? Yeah. Um, but one of them was my, like one of my best friends within the group and then I th- thought that I was started to have feelings for their significant other. And I was like, no, I can't do that. Like, that's, they're in a relationship. And then I, I told the friend and they were like, I think I have feelings for you too. And I said, oh, no. But it turned out we were both just 
misinterpreting platonic love, which I still have t- uh, trouble with sometimes. Which, yeah, I think a lot of people still have that. Sort of, yeah, sorting yeah. all that out is going to take your lifetime, yeah. really. Um, and so after that was all settled, I was like, maybe I do like girls. <laughs> and I, that's pretty much how it started. Um, the label that I put on myself changed, has changed a lot throughout mm-hmm. the years. I started out as a biromantic, which is like, I like, I, I, I am romantically attracted to not just men, but not sexually attracted. And then I was like, that's even more denial. And then I was, I didn't um, identify with the bi- bisexual label anymore. And so I just call myself queer because it's a great encompassing, en- it's encompasses me more. So I'm a, I'm a mix between pansexual and bisexual. So instead of saying I'm like, you know, I just have a, I have a word. Um, yeah. And you've said queer is kind of a blanket term. Maybe. It can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's one of those things of like, I'm sure you all know it used to be and still kind of is used as a slur. And so I've had quite a few straight people ask me, they're like, can I use that? And I'm like, (laughs) if you're saying I have a queer friend and they have called themselves that like as their label, then yeah, that's fine. Unless you're saying you're a queer. No, don't, no, don't use it as a slur. So, it's pretty simple. It's pretty self-explanatory. But, you know. So, okay. So, that's how you came came to yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you told your mother before you told No, me. I didn't. You told me to tell mom. Did I? Yep. See, okay. I want... I want she I, doesn't I know all... It's a good thing you think, had some memory of outside of your head. I don't think <laughs> that everything she remembers is right. Well, no, because we were having a conversation with somebody... She just says it with all authority. I'm we were... Saying. Stop it. We were having a conversation <laughs> with somebody at church, and I, like, one of you brought in the queer community, and I was, like, very strongly opinionated on it, mm-hmm. and after church, you were like, why were you so strongly opinionated? And I said, well, uh, so the thing is, <laughs> and I told you, and I, so, and then you told me that I should tell mom, and I was like, okay. Well, yeah, because, well, no, you kind of suggested that I should tell mom. Yeah, I didn't want to tell either yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, and I said, no, oh, no, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, you, you came out to, to us, mm-hmm. and I have to admit, we didn't necessarily, we didn't handle it badly. We didn't handle it as badly as some people have, mm-hmm. especially some pastors. Um, you know, I've long agreed. It's funny, about three years before... The, our church denomination changed its uh, code of Christian conduct, and they word it really theologically and and kind of beat around the bush. But what I've always what I've how I've always re- interpreted it um, with the Nazarene Church is it is not a sin to have uh, same sex attraction or or bisexual attraction or any of that kind of stuff. Um, because it's simply how you think. It's it's ninety nine percent of the people that uh, that identify somewhere in the LGBTQ plus community, and and I've always I've long used the the the, the phrase gay community just because it's easier. And she told me, oh excuse me, they told me that it's okay to use that blanket term, uh, but most of them 
have always felt this way to one degree or another. They just, I'm not saying necessarily they were born that way. Um, there's a possibility. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to make that assumption. But uh, they've always felt this way to one degree or another. So if, if you don't know anything different, that's just how you feel. That's how, how you are attracted. So, you know... we. To try to change it to me is is wrong, wrong, mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. You know, that's something in a person that's part of them, you know, part now, of their makeup. The actions, the the and and this is something that that Corinna and other people will will argue with me on that the action of homosexual same sex sex um, is still uh, prohibited in Scripture, just like sex between a man and a woman outside the bonds of marriage is is prohibited. Um, and how I see it is, unfortunately, there is no provision in Scripture in any way, shape, or form for same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. So, and we could debate the- theology and, and all that kind of stuff. That's not why we're here. Um, but so I didn't, Brenda and I did not reject her. We had a hard time. Honestly, my first thought was, oh, it's just a stupid phase that she's going through. I did not take it seriously and um, did not treat her feelings with respect. To be fair, my anxiety always makes me question if I'm actually queer or if I'm just doing it for attention. But also my anxiety makes me think, am I faking my anxiety for attention? Which is just the anxiety. So, you know. Oh, man. I'm glad it's I not a fun inside time. your head. <laughs> it's oh. not a fun time. Yeah. So, but I mean, we dealt with it as best we could, and and we talked about it at church, um, but not. We, it, the you first, brought it up once in church, and that was it. And you did it very well. Like, you, well, no, no. I mean, I mean, before, yeah, when you first told us, I, I it wasn't that I was not. Uh, we didn't tell anybody at church to begin with. Let me let me correct that, um, because I felt that's her story to tell. That's their story to tell. And um, go ahead. No, it's true. Yeah, it is her story. It's not. It's not my place. And you always say that you don't out somebody else, mm-hmm. and it, it's just not. So I didn't talk about it. I, I just I loved my kid, and it didn't matter. You know, I, I just we did not on. talk about it for months. Yeah, <laughs> when you became more open about it, mm-hmm. when you got on, when you were doing on social media and identifying yourself more, we began to talk Brenda and I began to talk about it in uh, to our church members more because they were coming to us. And I, <laughs> did they actually? <laughs> a couple of people were like, "What is she doing?" Yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. That's funny. <laughs> but, you know, they they love you and the the people in our church love you no matter what. And um so it was it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a real dichotomy for us to to, to deal with um, for those first two years, and then you went away to school. Oh golly, that made me so much more gay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the only way I could run it. Running amok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh golly. Well, it's the it's the having your. Like having a community on campus. I go to a Christian school, and there are so many queer people on that campus. Yeah, um, we I was, have. I was sort of surprised at that. Yeah, I was too. Um, I actually, especially one of, in the South, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Um, I have a friend. One of them. I tried to um, be roommates with 
because like they had a rainbow flag in their Instagram bio. And I was like, we have to stick together. I don't want somebody who is homophobic to be my roommate. That would not be very fun. Turns out my roommate's mother was homophobic, but she wasn't. So mm, that's fine. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> I still find it funny. I find it funny. My roommate hated it. She was so mad um, at her mom, not me. But yeah. um, it's just the the having your own community and feeling safe really makes it a lot easier to be and like it it, oh, ma- yeah. it made me excuse me feel more comfortable in myself and when i came home i couldn't sw- like change that i couldn't turn that switch off so well it, you know it, and but you're you found a wonderful church mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. the uh the uh, i don't know you we've never discussed i never ha- actually talked with the the lead pastor there that whether or not they are aff- uh, uh, completely affirming or not or just loving uh, and no. and because they're very loving, uh, the whole staff is very loving toward all the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very wonderful people. Yeah. And so and that, the assistant that pastor warmed is my a, heart. Yeah, the assistant pastor is a religion professor at the school. Yeah. So. And I'm personally, I'm much more concerned about your relationship with Jesus than I am about whether or not you're gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you don't you go you don't go to hell. Contrary to what people might think you don't go to hell because you have same-sex attraction mm-hmm. you go to hell because you don't have a relationship with jesus that's mm-hmm. why you go to hell and um so i'm much more concerned about her growing in christ and and i will i'm if i can just once use the word they first um uh but you know i'm much more um concerned about them growing in christ and and walking in them and not allowing the church to color their perspective of god which mm-hmm. can be very i'm blessed I've, I've been blessed with the gift of faith mm-hmm. and i've been treated badly um i've st- had my struggles in the pastor to begin with but long before i became a pastor i was the, the worst emotional beatings i ever took in my life were from people in the church and that's one thing that i've been well, wanting l- l- let me finish so i don't oh, I don't, oh I'm, I don't sorry, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just saying and I always turned to God. Yeah, I was I was always strong in my faith with God and looking to His Word for comfort in those mm-hmm. times. And like, yeah, I know this person is acting like a godless idiot, but that doesn't change who you are, God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want for for you and for your sister is to grow in Christ and screw what other people say mm-hmm. and, and do. Forgive me, that was crass. I'm not supposed to be crass. I'm a pastor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's okay. <laughs> um, there was there was one thing that I've been thinking about for a long time, and like I've I've heard from other people as well of, and I I've been wanting to like answer whenever somebody says this around me, and like, well, you see, the thing is, but I can't because um, it would just turn into an argument. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, older people in our in the church and in, in just America are like, well, all the churches are just old people, and, and why are there no young people? I'm like, because of you. <laughs> no. Because the old people are so have have mani- like you were saying, emotionally abused you and uh, manipulated <coughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm not all old I'm people. I'm as old as you can get, so. <laughs> But like the people no. within the church have have I don't know the right word offhand. I heard to put it into story form to 
to tap into my inner Charles Boyle. Um, <laughs> um I <laughs> she had to get I a Brooklyn Nine Nine reference I had in, to, and it probably won't be the last. <laughs> um, but I saw somebody tell a VBS story of when she was eight, and there was a group of eight-year-olds, and mm-hmm. um, the elders of the church decided to do an activity where they bring all of the eight-year-olds into a room um, that's like red lighting and dark and scary lighting and there's you know stuff like that and and and, and like what's the word smoke and stuff yeah. and um they write down all of their sins on a on a piece of paper mm. and then they burn their sins these are 8 year olds and i'm like that's that can be traumatizing to a it's kid. Sure. Like it's, it's, it's fear. And what kind of what kind of sin does an eight year old have? Exactly. It's like it's fear mongering from a very Definitely. young age, and it makes you terrified. Yeah. Do you know how much I have had to work to stop myself from being terrified of certain things in the church and in, in religion because of how I was brought up? Yeah. So I'm like, the reason that the young people aren't in the churches is because of everything that has happened to them hmm. within the church when they were young. I think on, on one hand, I think that's a, that is a part of it. Um, I, and again, this is not why we're talking. I don't no, want, I don't I want us to go down this particular rabbit hole. Uh, but at the same time, I think that, that is part of it. But it, to say that's the reason is a far over simplistic reason. I think there's a, there was an issue um, that for a long time, we have not properly mm. discipled, our children as we're growing up we we have leaned on the old ways which i grew up in sunday school and i grew up you know strong in the faith in sunday school um but we want to as parents so often we want our children to have the same experiences that we did and those may not be as relevant to our kids we we, we have the church has always struggled with mm-hmm. keeping up with the culture because it's a different world now than yeah we mm-hmm. were children and um so it's it but there, we, we can do another hour and a half on, <laughs> on that alone. Uh, but uh, so, but let's keep keep going because the this past year, twenty twenty one, two, was it? Yep. Dang! It's now twenty twenty three. It is currently Hello? January fifth, twenty twenty three. Good thing I haven't had to write any checks in the uh-huh. last few days. Um, twenty twenty two. That was this. This was a pivotal year. Mm-hmm. For both of us, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, it we went to a conference, and um, Andy McGee and his lovely wife Sarah. Aren't you impressed that I took those names I am. off the, right on the top of I my head? I am because he told me the other day that he didn't remember them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know the, that that's the Holy Spirit working right there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Andy and uh, Andy and Sarah have been the lead pastors of Love Wins LGBT um, for since its inception, I believe, in 2013, and it is a, a ministry in the Nazarene Church at Trinity Church in um, uh, in Kansas City. Now, they had a major ch- change um, of it, and I can't remember what that is. Um, they, are they talking about the name? Because I know they change at the conference. They announced that they changed the name to LGBT, like loved ones LGBT, because everybody just called them that, anyways. Yeah, I, but, I'm pretty sure. Don't yeah. quote me on that. But I've supported this um, ministry through prayer and whatever I can do for them mm-hmm. in, in, for for since its inception. Um, and they put on their first conference, and it was called the Loved to Love 
conference because that's who we are. We are loved by God in order that we love others and that we love him. And it was a, a, forgive me, I'm trying to remember the right words. It was a resourcing, a church resourcing mm-hmm. conference, basically to just tell people and give them books and, and ways of, or, and, and lectures and talking about how to build the bridge between the church and the LGBTQ plus community. It's, there's a pretty big gap and, yeah. and we've struggled with it for a long time. And uh, we went to this conference. I, you know, I told Corinna, you know, I want you to come to this conference with me. I'm going. And guess what? You're coming with it was, me. It was like three days after the end of the semester. So I, I flew from my, my school to home across country. And then I flew back. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and then back again. And, and this year, in 2022, I took my first sabbatical. And I took three months from May until the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, this was at the very beginning of uh, my sabbatical. In fact, I went on sabbatical um, on, you know, after church on Sunday was when my sabbatical began. And the next day we were packing. And on Tuesday we flew out. And um, and we were there until Thursday, came home, and then she went I to be on the radio with you and on Friday. <laughs> I could have just stayed at school for a couple of days and flown out yeah. to the conference. But much what shorter fun would that have been? So much more, and it would have saved so much money. <laughs> I should well, just give you money for an Uber. Just take an Uber. You know. Oh, yeah. Because that's so much. That's so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. But it made a big difference in how you approached the whole issue, I noticed. Oh, yeah. You had a whole different... Mm-hmm. Uh, Massively. Uh, I'll take on it. Yeah, because I listened to gen- to, to people... For the first for the first time, someone other than my child. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, any parent will tell you, you could say something. A parent could say something to their child a hundred times till they're blue in the face, and and the and another person will say exactly the same thing. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> In fact, there was a couple of times from the pulpit I said something, and I saw a couple of teenagers in the. Uh, in the congregation light up like really and then come to find talk to their mom later and said i've been telling them that for years and they finally figured out because you said it dang skippy (laughs) well um being a woman is kind of like that because you can tell people things all over and over and then a man some man gets up there and says it and they go oh it's it's gospel it's absolutely true so many brilliant introductions so many smarmy sexist retorts come to (laughs) mind But this I don't, is why I don't like him very much. But I don't <laughs> agree. I don't believe any of them. I just like saying them to annoy my children. He needs to be a com- a comedian. Comedian? Com- yeah, comedian? that's the word. He needs to be a comedian. Why? Because he's th- he th- you think of these <coughs> stupid sexist things to say, <laughs> and but be, you don't mean them, and can, half the time... We can very much be thankful that he doesn't say them all. Yeah. yeah. Very much thankful. But, okay, so we went, to, the, we went to this conference, and uh, <laughs> just, Wow. Like I said, we we, it, we were in Kansas City for three days. It was at the Nazarene Theological Seminary. And you listen to people's pain. One of the first lectures was talking about the statistics of specifically trans kids' death. Oh, man. Um, and gay... Uh, at the time, specifically gay men, because he was talking about, like, the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. And it was um, in, like... 
the eighties or like in, in the night in the, in the 1900s, late 1900s. Um, but, um, it was really, really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that finally just sent me over the edge and I had to, she had to leave. excuse myself yeah. cause that was just the story. That, the story that got to me was the gentleman who, the same gentleman who mm-hmm. talked about a, a young, uh, like a 13 year old girl in a Christian school who confided in her friend that um, she was feeling, she had same sex feelings, just confided in her, her best friend, best friend went to the teacher and told her teacher went to the principal and the girl was escorted out of the school and she was um, shunned by her parents. How horrible. I'm like, what, where in scripture do you find that? That in, if you want something that infuriates me, that's it. Where in scripture do you find that, you people? Okay. Calm, Calm down. down. Do you want me to go get you a stress ball? <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of self-righteous, holier-than-thou attitude that puts mm-hmm. people off and that we've been kind of talking well, around. And it is, I, I genuinely believe it is a mis, uh, misinterpretation of scripture also. But... um. It helped me understand to hear these stories, um, and to to understand that these are real people. Mm-hmm. And I, my favorite, my favorite speaker was still Leslie, mm-hmm. and this uh, is a, a non-binary woman person. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna get this straight. <laughs> I really do try. <laughs> That's just a funny sentence. But they they got up there and and they knew that they were. Uh, gay, what had they were born a, a woman, and they knew that they had lesbian feelings very early on because Linda Carter in Wonder Woman was their first crush, and I they they said that I looked at Corinne and said, "Yeah, me too. Yeah, right there." <laughs> Linda Carter was your first lesbian crush. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up. <laughs> I um, couldn't resist it, okay? <laughs> but I I puzzle over this because I had girl crushes when mm-hmm. I was a teenager and young adult. I think it's just, I, I think it just, there's difference. There's a difference. I, I, I think, but regardless, they said that and we went to lunch and came back, Corinne and I came back and uh, Leslie and a couple other people were... Uh, sitting in the in a, a lounge area talking and we walked in and i walked up to leslie and said yeah, yeah linda carter me too and they, they said <laughs> okay try this one aaron gray on was it aaron gray no on uh oh flash gordon and i thought oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember her feathered hair and she was so gorgeous and and so we just laughed about that. And one of the guys who is a a, a clergyman, uh, celibate gay man, said, "Yeah, mine was was so and so in seventh grade. You know, he was the, the guy fr- sitting in front of me. Is he in yeah. the seventh grade or something like that?" <clears throat> but um, these became real people to me. It wasn't just stories. We had a conversation with these amazing, wonderful people who had dedicated their lives to God, and were still struggling. And the idea of I always thought, if I can remember this correctly, I haven't thought about it in a while. I should have gone over my notes. Um, the gender dys- dysphoria. Mm-hmm. I never. I thought that was simply meant the confusion. 
that that if you have gender dysphoria, then you're confused about what gender you are. No. Gender dysphoria is the discomfort, is the pain that someone, the emotional pain that someone feels when they look in the mirror and the the body that they see in the mirror does not match who they feel they are inside. And um, Leslie spoke about how their gender dysphoria is is so huge. It, it's it, They struggle with it every day. They love the Lord with all their heart and they are serving the Lord um, daily. And it is their love for the Lord that keeps them going. And and that just made me cry. And then talking to them and, and finding out that they're real people and hearing other these other two gentlemen who were clergymen, who were gay men, they were six on the Kinsey scale. Um, and, um, and I'm like a zero. <laughs> on the, um, <clears throat> but uh, at the very end of the, of the night, uh, the MC lady, the lady who, bless her heart, is it, was it Stephanie was her name? I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember her name. She was a delight. She was the one who checked us in when we walked to the door. I loved her. And um, she said, do you want to put your pronouns? No, she said, um, write your name and pronouns on yeah. the thing. And I was writing my name and pronouns. And he goes, I'm not writing my pronouns. And she looks at him <laughs> and she goes, you do know where you are, right? <laughs> and there's like, there's rainbows everywhere. She's wearing a rainbow <laughs> lanyard and everything. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dad, you do know. Yeah, I'm a nonconformist. <laughs> no, but I, I did. And what happened was just that real quick story. What happened is that when we got to our room for the night that night, um, I was very strongly prompted by the Holy Spirit said, you know what? This will mean a lot to your kid. And, you know, the things you do for your kid. And so I took out my, my name tag and I put he, him on mm-hmm. my name tag. And they never mentioned yes, it. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, you brought it up and you said, look at my name tag. And I said, good job or something like that. It wasn't enough. And then I almost broke my ankle. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting into that. But you wanted to notify the news media or yeah. something, you know? <laughs> it was, well, honestly, th- it was it was a big thing for me. Yeah, it was, I know. it was not easy for me, but that was something that the Lord said. But at the end of the night, the same woman got up and she said something to the effect of, "I think we need to take a time of repentance." Yeah, that was the last night. Yeah, no, it yeah. was the first night. No, it was it was the. It was one of the nights. I don't know. No, it was the the end of the first day. The, That's the first right. full That's day. The first right. full yeah, day. Yeah. And uh, it was, it, they said, she said, you know, have a, a time of repentance. We've all hurt people. We've all done things wrong. And the Holy Spirit came on me in such a mighty way. And I put my, uh, my arm around my sweet kid. And I said, I am so sorry for not being the dad that you've needed me to be these last two years. And I'm just, uh, please forgive me. And she immediately, they're crying. I think they were crying before. you were crying. Yeah. And, um, and I felt strongly she needed me to hear, she needed to hear me say, Lord, forgive me for not being the dad I needed to be to my, my sweet child. And we cried and we hugged. And it was awkward the rest of the night, man, because <laughs> I don't know how to deal with things. It wasn't awkward no, for you. It, it was awkward. Yeah. I was awkward because I don't know how to deal with things. Oh, for, I thought it was great because that, that's when we accidentally went to Missouri. Oh, and, yeah. 
I had brought only one pair of jeans. And and so we got done with the, the conference that night. It was like 7 o'clock or 7.30. So let's go to Walmart and buy some pants. And, and we're driving in Kansas City. In Kansas City, you know. No, the, it, we were in Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. And then the yes. thing said. <laughs> no, we were in Kansas City, Kansas. Okay. And... And then we crossed the border into Missouri. We were we were driving around trying to figure out where this Walmart is, Half and lost. then all this yeah, all of a sudden we hear from, from the map on his phone. It says, "Welcome to Missouri," and we're like, "What? Uh, what? Wait, <laughs> huh? <laughs> we're in the middle of a neighborhood with gorgeous, humongous houses." Oh yeah, this was old money. <laughs> yeah, and, and it we're, was gorgeous. Then we're like, "Welcome to Missouri," and we're like, uh, 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 "Yeah, okay." And we drive through this gorgeous old money neighborhood, and the closer we get to Walmart. The worst the neighborhood yeah, of gets. Course. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, they have so, to be near the people who shop there. Yep. And I think I'm wearing my Kansas City pants right now. <laughs> the, the, uh, but uh, that, but that was a turning point for me, uh, because the Lord and the Lord just continued to speak to my heart, not just then throughout the rest of the conference, but throughout the the next several months, throughout my whole sabbatical, in realizing, okay. My daughter is queer, non-binary. Is this what I would have chosen for her? No, I I can honestly say it. it I I don't. Some sometimes I don't like this for her. But it's, it's her life. It, but it's well, it's not that. It's but I love my child. I don't have to love everything about my child in order. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> to be to to. <clears throat> you know, love them no in, in in every way possible to be to have that father's love and and the, i don't have to like him to love him yeah but, it, but it's <laughs> but true. i do and i do like you i do I enjoy I making you a joke. no I'm, I'm just pointing out i i i i enjoy being with you i enjoy spending time with my baby because she's my baby she's a brat but she's my baby and it's she's spoiled because of her mother. I'm just making sure that you understand. That's that. a lie. That is not a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> I was the hardliner. <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> Don't you dare argue. <laughs> I can't see that, but you know. uh, <laughs> it's your story. Um, but <laughs> what what I realized is that is the holy love that God has for us. Mm-hmm. That God doesn't like a lot of what we do. It doesn't change how he li- how he loves us, and in you know yes he he doesn't like our sin, he doesn't like the times that we're less than what we're supposed to be, but that doesn't change his love for us, and it just it if nothing else it gave me permission to simply love my child, no matter what, and Brenda had it, it took her a little while she didn't have the 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 experience of the conference, but it was about a month or two later. I think it was in, it was during the sabbatical that she just realized I love my child and, and nothing is going to change that. And nobody is going to change that. And, um, we had a wonderful sabbatical. We went and visited my um, sister and her family stayed with them for about a month. And until they were sick. Well, no, they were sick of me about 15 minutes after I walked in the door. <laughs> I We stayed until they were sick of, of Brenda. Okay, we'll pause the conversation right there. Just just for now, again, 
Next week, we will have part two of A Pastor and His Queer Child. Remember, we welcome your comments on Facebook, Spotify, and Podbean. And so that's it for now. Join us next week on Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things. And remember, God smiles when he sees you.